and friends, and yes, it is me, Micah. It's so very good to have all of you back with us for the fourth episode of the Talk with Micah and Friends. Yes, that is right, the fourth. We are moving ever so fast, ever so swiftly, and ever so smooth, baby, into 2014. For those that I had not had the pleasure of speaking with prior to Christmas or during Christmas time, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, okay? Um, I know that Merry Christmas is kind of over now, but <laughs> Merry Christmas to you guys. I hope you guys got everything that you wanted, everything that you asked for, or everything that you so deserved, and in the event that you did not, you are listening to me right now, so that means that you have the gift of life, okay? And that's the greatest gift ever, just in my opinion, okay? As well, we're, we walked into a new new year, okay? 2014. We are here, baby. The year of abundance, okay? Some of you went out, shook your tail feather, got your groove thing on, however you, whatever you did, some of you went to church. Some of you stayed home. For me, I stayed home. I got on my knees by myself. Got on my knees, prayed to the Lord, and thanked him for 2013, everything that he did for me then, everything that he's going to do in 2014, and also just thanking him for 32 years of living, okay? All right. But I hope that you guys have a blessed and highly favored 2014. Blessed and highly favored 2014. I, I, I mean that with um, with all sincerity, okay? And I hope that you guys have overall had a happy holiday, all right? But guess what? It's time for the free and clear, free and clear, free and clear segment. Shantae Moore, Way You from the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. All right. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to the free and clear segment. First announcement, iTunes. Those of you that have iTunes on your HP computer, your Windows computer, your Mac, guess what? We are now on iTunes, baby. That's right. The Talk with Mike and Friends, you can search for me there, and I am there broad as day. You can subscribe to me and listen and be able to know exactly when, um, or be the first to know, excuse me, when the show is going to air or when the show has aired or been posted um, to iTunes, okay? So, again, if you have a Mac, if you have Windows, or if you just have iTunes on your computer, whatever computer you may have, you um, open up iTunes, you go to the iTunes store, okay? You go to the podcast, the podcast library, you search the Talk With Mike and Friends, and there I am. It'll ask you if you would like to subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe to me, baby. It's free, okay? All right. Those of you that have iPhones, if you have an iPhone 4, 4S, 5, 5C, or 5S, guess what? That's right. There's a podcast app on your phone. It was already pre-installed when you got the device. Click on the podcast. It's purplish, you know, one of those colors. 
click on it, <laughs> or pinkish, whatever, per, uh, click on it, and then once you click on it, at the bottom right, you see search, click on search, put in the Talk with Mike and Friends, just as it appears on the Talk with Mike and Friends Facebook page, and voila, there I am. The first thing it'll ask you if you would like to, to subscribe. And yes, you want to subscribe, because guess what? Like I said before, it's free! Okay, free and clear, baby. Trust. All right? So, there you go iTunes, if you have it, whether it's on your um, smartphone or whether it is on your computer, you're able to subscribe to the Talk with Mike and Friends. And those of you that have Android devices, unfortunately, not yet. Um, there's not a way for you guys to subscribe to my show just yet. But sooner than later, I will have something for you, okay? Trust and believe that. All right? The I am Bull. The I am Bull. The icon himself presents the I Am Part 2 Mini Ball Deluxe, Sunday, January 19, 2014. That's MLK Weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. The commentaries will be the icon Jack Mizrahi and the legendary Elijah Ebony. Grand prize $1,000. The rulers of Carta, male figure $500. Female figure face $500. Doors will open up at 8 p.m. No, baby, I don't know when it starts. You know how those balls are. But at the end of the day, the doors will open up at 8, okay? $20 all night. The tables are $50. The booths are $75. It will be held at Club Aries. 1995, Metropolitan Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30313. Again, that is the I Am Boar. Panhandle International Newcomer and Cause the Ball Pageant will be held January 5th, this weekend, in Orlando, Florida, honoring Pandora Beyond and Camarion Lord St. James. That's my grandbaby. Okay, and Cause the Ball, Jemaya. Entry fee is $150 for the newcomer. Categories are presentation, self-expression, talent, Sportswear or swimwear, gown or formal wear. For the closet ball, entry fee is $100. Presentation, self-expression as a male, talent, and evening gown. Okay, again, that's in Orlando, Florida, January 5th. Okay, govern yourselves, baby, govern yourselves. All right, Crescent City, Crescent City. The fifth annual Miss Crescent City Newcomer and the fourth annual Crescent City Plus. Over $4,000 in cash and in prizes. That will be on February 9th. 2014 at Cafe Istanbul in New Orleans, Louisiana, starring Titan Black Royalty, Camille Divine Sherrington, and Peaches Van Cartier. I wish I could tell you what the categories are, baby, but they're not on the announcement. But I will post the flyer to the Facebook page so you can get more information, okay? All right. Sophia, Sophia McIntosh, my auntie. Okay, she's a radio personality, she's a host and MC, she's the lady of all ladies, okay? She is now back on the radio waves in Atlanta, Georgia on Street 94.5, Street 94.5. You can uh, go to her Facebook page, she has information there. So if you do not live in the Atlanta, Georgia area, or the metropolitan city of Atlanta, Georgia, you can still listen to her each and every morning, morning Monday through Friday, all right? But you have to go to their, their web page and you can, you know, I do it while I'm at work, so you can do it as well. But go to Sophia McIntosh, go to her page, you have all the information there. But I just would like to say congratulations once again, Sophia, and as the saying goes, you can't keep a good girl down. Okay? All right. Damani Hall Dickerson. Damani Hall Dickerson has a new challenge for us, guys. Change for change. Change for change. Okay, and basically how that works, from my understanding, is if you have change laying around, and of course we all do. I have some in my car, underneath my seat. 
Um, some people have them in their couches, laying on their floor, in their drawer, whatever you have change at, and that's change. That's quarters, nickels, dimes, and pennies, or whatever. You, we want you to, or he wants you to, I'll co-sign with him, so I'll say we. We want you to gather those coins up. It's going to be like a 30-day a thirty day challenge. Gather those coins up and um, put them in a jar, put them in a piggy bank, put them in a safe place. Gather those coins up for, those, for those, that first 30 days. After the 30th day, we want you to gather those coins up, go to your bank, go to your coin star, wherever. Get that count, get that money, and donate that money, no matter if it's 25, 50, 75, 100, wherever the change ends up coming up to. You know, we want you to donate that to a worthy cause, to a nonprofit organization, okay? At the end of the day, you're going to feel so, you're going to feel so good about donating that to a worthy cause, okay? And again, that's being put on by Damani Hall Dickerson, Change for Change Challenge, all right? Mr. Mark Robinson, Mr. Mark Robinson, um, he is a new entrepreneur. He started his work on um, the middle of last year, Supreme Jewels. He sells handcrafted jewelry from bracelets to necklaces, um, earrings, all that good stuff that he handcrafts, and he's selling it, okay? So you can go to his Facebook page. I also put some of his samples on my um, on the Talk With My Friends Facebook page, so you can go ahead and, you know, buy those items. Um, so, so versus spending thousands of dollars on jewelry, you know, you can get some handcrafted, one-of-a-kind jewelry from Mark Robinson, a.k.a. Mark Supreme, B.K.A. Supreme Jewels, okay? So let's support another member of our LGBTQ community, all right? Black America, Black America will have a national weekend, all right? That's going to be held in Atlanta, Georgia, March 14th, 15th, and 16th. Black America Junior and Junior Miss will be on the 14th. Mr. Miss and Plus will be split between the 15th and the 16th, okay? So there will be more information put out there by Black America on their actual Facebook page, so look forward to that. Also with um, registration information, national walk information, as well as the location of the, uh, of the actual pageant, which I'm sure you guys will be very, very excited to know about. So that should be coming. That should be forthcoming very soon, okay? All right. Well, that's all the announcements that I have right now for the free and clear, free and clear, free and clear segment. I would like to welcome everyone to our roundtable discussion concerning patentry. Again, this is a talk with Mike and friends, and this time I actually have some friends with me to discuss patentry. On the line, I actually have, number one, Mr. Danny Lord. He's of Atlanta, Georgia now, but formerly of Miami, Florida. Uh, Danny is a former owner of the Florida Renaissance uh, Patentry System or Preliminary. He's judged various preliminaries for national competitions in the Southeast, and is currently the co-promoter for Renaissance Cosaball. So welcome, Danny. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Next up, I actually have Mr. Damani Hall Dickerson. Damani Hall Dickerson is of Atlanta, Georgia. He's a former Mr. Liberty International, Mr. Renaissance, Mr. Ebony International, Mr. Sweetheart International, Mr. Black America, Diamond of the South, and the reigning Mr. Dumar International, just to 
just to name a few. So welcome to the show, Damani. Oh, Lord. oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you to sure you were here. Hi, everyone. Hey, I'm here. Okay. And then um, last but certainly not least, we have Miss Vicki Valentino of St. Louis, Missouri. She's the owner of Mr. and Miss Missouri State, former Miss Gay Missouri America, former promoter of the Black Universe Pageantry System, uh, former Miss International, and the current Miss Midwest Gay America. Um, welcome to the show, Vicki. Hello, everyone. And again, thank you guys so very much for your support, and thank you for joining in on episode number four, um, Revolving Around Pageantry. So we will go ahead and get right to it with our topic. And um, we'll just start, you know, I'll basically, after I uh, say whatever the topic of discussion will be, I'll go ahead and just pinpoint one of you guys to start, you know, to start it off as far as your response is concerned. And then from there, anyone else can kind of tag in and chime in in regards to that topic. And then once we're done, we'll move on to the next. So the very first topic is uh, basically entitled, We Are National. And I'm going to let Danny start off with his response, and then we'll go from there. So, again, we are national. In your professional opinion, what makes a system national? In your professional opinion, what makes a system national? We'll go with Danny first, Damani, and then Vicky. We'll do it that way. Well, Micah, I would simply have to say that what makes the system national, um, one of the first requirements should be that the system has stood the test of time. Um, you have too many systems that come out in their very first year, and they want to be recognized as national. Or they want to call themselves Miss Club National, Miss So-and-So National, but they haven't earned any respect yet from their peers. Um, that's one of the first requirements, in my opinion. Another one you have to have, in my opinion, what is, I don't want to say open to everyone, because, you know, you do have some national systems that are limited, but, you know, you should be nationally known as well. You know, people in Vegas, if your pageant is held in Atlanta, people in Vegas should know who you are. Pretty much my opinion on that. Okay, and before I get um, uh, Damani's opinion and response and Vicky's response, I hear an echo um, and I know it's not my phone, so I don't know if you guys have a Bluetooth going on or a speakerphone, but maybe let's try at first kind of just, you know, taking the Bluetooth off and as well as the speakerphone because it I have a, a bad echo. Yeah, I hear it as well. Okay. So now I don't hear it. So do you hear it now? Do you hear it, Danny? No, I do not. Okay, okay, great. So... We're going to go with... Are y'all trying uh, to say that was my Bluetooth? <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. But it's okay. So, um, again, we'll go, we'll go ahead okay. with Tiffany, and then we'll go with Vicky. Um, in your professional opinion, what makes the system national? Um, well, I actually um, agree with um, everything that Danny said because um, I, I've noticed that there is a overabundance of pageants that actually just, you know, stick a... a front name on there and then say, oh, and I'm national. And it's like, oh, okay, well, no, you're not national. Um, national, in essence, the word national means of the nation. So exactly what Danny said, it should be something that if you are in Atlanta, they do know about you in Vegas. Um, the only thing that I will normally disagree with, but um, kind of not start with Danny on is that I don't think that you have to not be limited. Like they can do, you know, black nationals or, or titles that are restricted to just one ethnic background. Um, it's just that that person has to be a transcending entertainer so that, you know, even if you are carrying the title of Mr. or Miss 
black, this or whatever, you still can conform to your surroundings and that other um, ethnic um, can actually, you know, take on to your systems or whatever and recognize your nationals just knowing that they can't compete in those particular national competitions. That's my opinion. Okay. And Ms. Vicky? Well, my opinion is, I mean, I do um, agree with uh, Danny and Damani. However, I think it's very cliche to say that they will have to stand the test of time. I mean, having been around pageantry for as long as I have, many of the pageants that are now national or what we uh, tagline national began somewhere. And, yes, people in Atlanta and people in Las Vegas did know about it. However, it didn't have the tagline national until certain people won. And a lot of times, I mean, I am um, I am um, a little dismayed by every passion that you have. You mm-hmm. have to name it national. But a lot of times people don't consider your passion to be national unless so-and-so, so-and-so runs. But if they didn't run, it's not national. So I kind of think it's unfair. I think people need to be very careful in naming their pageant national because I believe a national pageant has lots of responsibilities beyond a name. There's a lot of times that we uh, produce these pageants, they have no administrative background. It's just a science. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things, in my opinion, that could make a pageant national. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean they send the test time because what is the test time? Because in the times that I've known national passion, Westland, Westland has not been around. It hasn't stood the test of time yet, but it's national. There are national people who are, you know, considering competing for the pageant. So I think we need to be mindful that when you want to say you're a national pageant, make sure your administration is up to par. Okay. Do you Much think like that? I'm going to cut you off. Do you think that um, a national pageant should um, have preliminaries? Because if we look at Miss USA, I'm saying the real girl pageants, USA and Universe and all that kind of stuff um, in America, they have preliminaries to their actual, you know, national competition. So do you think maybe a national should actually have some preliminaries, I mean, minimum five to be considered a national, or does that not even matter? Well, in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily have to be half preliminaries to be national. They have um, pageants, you know, in the real girl world that it's just a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. But the way that the person carries themselves, it's not necessarily preliminary, but they need to make appearances around the country. That doesn't necessarily mean that there needs to be a contest or quote-unquote preliminary for it to be deemed national. Now, that's my opinion. Because okay. there are national representatives that are seen throughout the country. That doesn't mean that everywhere they go, there's a pageant. You know what I mean? That's how right. I Okay. Anybody else want to chime in on that particular question? Um, I actually agree with what Vicky just said um, because I, I've always, honestly, and I, I don't know how people are going to perceive this or how they're going to take me, but um, I've always been against preliminaries. And it's mainly because um, for the contests that I have reigned for that do have preliminaries, it's always a hassle. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of times the preliminary, preliminary owners don't have the money, and then the national board has to step in. And it's kind of like, well, if I was going to do this, I could have just, you know, appointed people. So I think that if you were actually – going through, um, like Vicky said, with the appearances, because appearances it actually sells your pageant. And you don't have to have a pageant to have people to come to the pageant with the appearances and your kings and queens being approachable and actually building a camaraderie with other contestants or potential contestants. That actually speaks bigger volumes than having preliminary. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, and I'm, I'm going to be through. 
if you notice a lot of times with preliminaries, when they have them, that the contestants that don't win are bitter, so they don't come to the next. <laughs> exactly. And then so if you just thing, have you them know, and, and you stroke them, then you have them to come to the Nationals versus the preliminary. But go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Dumani, but you, you struck a chord when you said that because that's very, um, very, very true. The patches that we now know, like Miss Gay America, Miss USA, and, you know, some of the others, you're talking about standing the test of time. There was a time that they didn't have preliminaries. I don't know if people would remember that. Initially, they didn't have preliminaries. People just knew this was the contest, and they came to compete. Mm -hmm. Some of the emeritus queens and all that can tell you, back then there weren't any preliminaries. Preliminaries became a business venture and a money-making venture. And in my opinion, the demise of pageantry system and contestants base is because of preliminaries, in my opinion. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nikki. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. No, no, I would, no, I was saying um, you want to know the demise of pageantry because people have to do things twice. You know, they have to prepare two different right, packages. Right, now, am right. I against preliminaries? No. But if you want to know my opinion of why contestants are not interested, because they feel that they have to do a preliminary and then they have to prepare something above and beyond what they did at the preliminary to prove a point. Mm. Why not concentrate on one package and bring it to this national contest and then sock it to it? Because you lose something along the way. Either you were better at the preliminary, and then that leads to the discussion, well, child, you should have wore that gown that you wore at the preliminary at the National. Look, girl, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but if I had one focus and I had one time to shine, then, I mean, if I be better, the next time I'll be better. But at least I didn't spend a whole lot of money. But, you know, Vicky, I, I agree with you and I disagree with you because you I'm do saying. have some systems today that do have preliminaries, but you're not required to do a preliminary to enter that competition, you know, whenever they have it, and the contestant numbers are still down. Yeah, and, again, that's just one aspect. I mean, we, we you know, we probably would never know all of the reasons as to why numbers are down, but I do know that that's one of them, in my opinion, and just from what I've observed, mm -hmm. that it, it's so much, it's so, it's so expensive, and it's mm -hmm. expensive two times versus one. Now, if you lose out preparing your one package, you wouldn't nearly be as bitter as having to have prepared two of them and then still didn't win. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, well, well valid points were, um, were being brought up, and I, I definitely agree with you, um, with, you know, all of you. I mean, it's just a, just a question that um, many, have, many people have asked and, and wanting to know, you know, what is national, who are, who's national, who's not, this, that, and the other, but you guys brought up some, you know, valid points. And I'll say, and I'll ask just one question. Um, and you can say, I just give me a yes or a no, because it will be a follow-up on another, um, another uh, episode for, in regards to pageantry chat. But the question is, and all I need is a yes or a no, <laughs> um, do you think – Well, you got talkers on the line tonight. You, know. <laughs> you said what? I know, right? If you guys have to say something, it, it's fine. Um, but do you think that there should be a board that certifies your system as national? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Danny. <laughs> hey, look, we all agree. Look at that. 
Okay, great. <laughs> and we're moving on. We'll, we'll get to the why in the next um, the next uh, time we have a passenger chat discussion. The next um, question or topic, ever-evolving. Drag has changed drastically over the years. 2000 drag is different from 2013 drag, let alone drag from the late 80s, early to mid-90s. What do you think has changed, and what do you think needs to change? I'll say it one more time. Drag has changed drastically over the years. 2000 drag is different from 2013 drag or 2014 drag now, let alone drag from the late 80s, early to mid-90s. What do you think has changed, and what do you think needs to change? I'll start with Vicky, then we'll go to Damani, and then we'll go to Danny. I think ladies well, should go I, first, so we should go to Danny. I, oh, Lord. Go ahead, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my opinion, and, I'm, and, and, and again, I know it's probably redundant for us to say in our opinion because there are, you know, so many people that have opinions, but I think everybody's opinion is valid, especially if it has some type of substance. So I'll probably say in my opinion because someone could disagree, but that's their opinion. Right. Uh, in my opinion, I think that there are some foundations of drag that should not change. Okay. Uh, I do know that drag years ago were not, people who have augmented their body. Mm -hmm. And I think what is happening now, people are um, believing or new entertainers are believing if my body is augmented, then I'm better than the next person who is not. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to wear hosiery. I'm not going to do, you know, I'm fish. You know, that's what people see like. They see like the Raquel's and they see the other beautiful body girls, but what they don't realize is that they had a grooming process as well. Now, whether they came out or hit the stage doing that grooming process is something that's questioned. But I know that people like Raquel, when they were living in Texas, and I use Raquel because one of my dearest friends who I've known for many years, and to see her evolution is fantastic. But she was familiar with Miss Gay America. Miss Gay mm-hmm. America. In Chelsea, and you had on eight pair of stockings, pads, nails, lips, you know what I mean? So that was then. And I think those foundations are so important, even if you decide to augment your body. Your body is still boy, you know what I mean? Put mm-hmm. some stockings on. You know, you see right. these girls that come out now, they don't have no stockings on. I'm offended. What yeah. makes you think that, boy, you are a girl? Really? No. Get you some stockings on. That's just. <laughs> My opinion. <laughs> but I'm old, so. Damani? Well, um, I, I don't think the old has to do with um, proper etiquette, Vicky, because um, that's proper to me, period. Because even the young girls that are running for the real, real Miss, Miss Americas and Miss Universes have on control top stockings. So, you know, uh-huh. at some, some point you do have to have some type of support. Oh, so uh, I don't think that, that <laughs> that's old. But anyway, um, to answer the question, um, to say that you um, – what, what drag what, – what, uh, it's kind of hard for me because you know, I've been on both sides of the fence. Okay, in the 80s um, to the 90s, it was more um, of that punk rock style um, drag. So what we did was what they're doing now is looking at TV. And, you know, you try to emulate what is on TV – um, as far as what the women are given um, and bring it and transcend it over to the drag world. Now, what has happened with the um, 
2000 is the appearance of the, the more look and feel of real. And mm-hmm. now that the girls can now, uh, they now have accessibility to get the, um, what is it? I don't want to say augmentation because that's really not what they're doing. They're kind of just doing the backyard stuff. It's easier for them to transform their bodies and look the way that they want to look, and um, it's kind of taken away from the essence of drag when y'all all know the acronym is drag is dress resembling girl. That's so, um, as a girl, right. right. Exactly. I, I, yeah, so I think that the resemblance is what we're we're losing out on, and they're coming more into the um, – trainee age, um, that's what we're gearing ourselves toward, they're gearing themselves towards, not realizing that the essence of drag is the over-the-top hair, the excessive makeup, exactly. the, the, the gaudy costumes, they, they don't understand that that's what drag is, and they probably need to start thinking, you know, I'm a female impersonator, not, I'm not doing a drag show, I'm doing a female, a female impersonation show, because the makeup is becoming softer and things like that, and it's not drag, but they have to realize that you have to know where you came from to know where you're going to, and if we came from drag, we're going to e- evolve actually back into that. You know, right. what goes around comes around. Everything is all is new again. So I just think that they need to, to, to learn their history and respect their elders, oh, my God, and listen, because the main thing is always, well, that worked for you. Yes, it had to work for me, and guess what? I'm still here. Exactly. So if it worked for me, then you probably want to take some of that. But I don't want to get too deep because, you know, I will get long-winded on this because this is a, a touchy subject for me. So I'm going to move on to oh, Danny. Oh, my. <laughs> me too, me too, baby. <laughs> Danny. I actually agree. Monty, you went in a direction I was going to go. Um, you know the old saying, history repeats itself? I mean, mm-hmm. And it does. You know, you do have a lot of the old fashions that are becoming new again. Um, and one of the current, um, you know, drag entertainers and title holders that I think is bringing back old drag along with glamour, along with some of the new style, is Giselle Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems to me, you know, when I see her on stage, I see drag. Yeah. You know, I see that when I see her on stage. I see that she likes the makeup, she likes the hair, you know, all that stuff. She likes to give you a show. And that's what drag used to be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for me... Um, go ahead, Danny. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, no, for me, um, many people may know at this point, because I've you know, been very vocal on Facebook over the past years, the fact that drag has become very boring to me. And for me to have have such a passion for it, and I still do have a passion for it, but, you know, I would have to go venture to go to Miss Continental or go to um, uh, Gay USA, and I have to see the drag that I desire, you know. But when I look at black pageantry, you know, I don't see the drag there anymore. I don't see the hunger there anymore. I don't see... You know, my very first uh, pageant tape, and, you know, of course it was a tape, but, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't introduced to drag until 2000, so that's why I kind of put 2000 in there. But um, the first tape I ever saw was Miss Continental 1985, you know, when Maya Douglas won or whatever. And from there, you know, it, you know, the history just goes on and on and on. But I saw drag going to Miss National, watching Miss National pageants, and Miss Florida when Jasmine won. You know, I saw drag over the top, gaudy, just, I mean, just, just, Awesome, amazing. Now the kids, and I understand the economy and this, that, and the other, but I guess what as to what the money was saying, they're losing the touch, they don't know the history, this, that, and the other, I don't see that anymore. So I can go to a pageant now and just be bored out of my mind because now everyone is just kind of recycling this gospel on top of gospel on top of gospel or a single woman talent, but you're not, you, you don't give any drag to it. You know, and that goes to what Danny said. You know, Giselle, you know, even though she did a gospel, you know, example at Universe, even though she did a gospel, she gave me drag in that gospel. You know, it just wasn't she was up upstage, just, you know, 
mouthing the words and, and hoping that she won the actual category, she gave me drag. And for me, that is what, that's what's missing. Go ahead. Go with that. It's me. I, you know, and it's so funny that you say that because back in the universe days, Rella gave you yeah, 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 yeah. In gospel. Mm-hmm. And what's happening now is the newer generations are looking at the older generations to see if they can top it, but they can't because their deliverance is beauty only. Because mm-hmm. For some reason or another, the I, I young people think believe they're not looking to top it; they're looking to mimic it. I don't think they're trying to yeah. top it. So exactly. if you think about it, if you look at the girls, they, if you look at some of the girls through some of the songs that Rella or Jasmine did, they tried to do it exactly like they like 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 not making them. it their own. And so it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very unfortunate because, as you say, you're bored, mainly because you've probably seen it before. And Michael, like you said, you Most watched it. I'm sure you think. I'm sure you've seen. You said, "But girl." I thought they called somebody right. else out here, but it's like she was trying to perform like Rella. Well, now right. I'm mm-hmm. going to watch Rella and just don't say how. Exactly. You know, not terrible. <laughs> and and well, I, I think, I mean, to all the, the up-and-coming entertainers um, that are listening, you know, I think it's just, and of course we'll go, we'll probably touch on it later, but I just think that at this point it, it comes down to you making things your own and not necessarily, you know, trying to be a carbon copy of, a form of misfit that or just an entertainer period. I think that you have to if this is something that you want to do, this is something that you invest your money into and you want to hone your craft, I think that it's time for you to be somewhat original. Um I think it's time for you to really um pinpoint, you know, what what for, how how are you going to leave a a stance on pantry or how are you going to what is your legacy or your you know your legacy is going to end? How is that going to end? You know, what people are going to remember you as when it came down to entertainment. Um, but yeah, again, it's ever ever evolving. So Micah, um, I yeah, want to want to say this real quick. Um, the thing that I teach people when I do my my seminars for the newcomers, since you were speaking directly to them, is that they always say, "Oh, well, you're so creative. That's why." No, that's not why. What you have to understand when it comes to finding a new talent is that first and foremost, that person who did the talent to you trying to do it, stealing it from them, they had to starts from somewhere to check to put that talent together. And when these entertainers make these songs, they make these songs and then they make videos to these songs. So that means that those songs have a storyline. If you look listen to the songs and find your storyline, you can put your talent together. And you can do your own talent. You don't have to mimic somebody else's talent. Even if you're doing the same exact song that they did, you just have to find what works for you. And they're not, they're not willing to do that because everybody, and I'm going to say this because y'all mama is, is adamant about this word, microwave. We have so many mm-hmm. microwave careers, they want to Add water, oh stir, and instant success, and they need to oh, yeah. stop it because it's not okay. going to happen. I've been in this business 27 years, and I ain't got to where I want to be. Exactly. And then I think <laughs> if, that, if that's expressed, nobody, I'm so glad to hear you say that because that's so important uh, because a lot of um, entertainers, up-and-coming entertainers, are under a lot of peer pressure, peer yeah. pressure to be better than their friend, or and they haven't really – they really haven't embraced what they really yeah. want to do or right. they embrace who they are or don't even allow them, you know, allow time for them to produce a product that's exclusively them. Mm-hmm. And until that happens, drag won't evolve because you'll see replications. And, I, and you know, and um, that that's a, a flattery when you want to do that, but at a point you have to decide, okay, I want to be known as who I am and not right. a, 
carbon copy of the next person. If drag is to evolve, that's in my opinion. But I think a lot of the younger entertainers are under so much peer pressure, and they succumb to the peer pressure, and the products that they're putting out is not totally them. That's why I find it very um, I've been, I find it very rewarding to groom new entertainers, to give them an opportunity to get on out there, lose this passion, get your attitude, get mad and pout. But look at this, right. hey, now you can't sit at this tape and say, well, girl, I was sick, man. No. Right. <laughs> you need to look at this tape and, and, and see what you could have done better. You know what I mean? And until until we, until we the new entertainers start doing it, yeah, let them out there. I don't, I don't believe in housing fit. Now you ain't ready yet. What is ready? I don't, you know what I mean? You ready? Go on and get out there. You, you use and abuse, you know, in terms of uh, your experience and get uh, backlash and not get mad, come home and all that kind of stuff, and then you'll be able to take a real assessment of whether this is for you or not. Now, if you want to dress up and drag and run around the club, be a club kid, but it's the stage not for you. But then you have to make that decision. Right. And then I, just, I do think that that does take time. It takes time. And it takes patience of the elder statesmen to do as much embracing as possible because I do know the elder statesmen do get a bad rap of trying to tell the younger detainers things, and then they're looking at these and say, well, no, that works for you, or you this, and you know what I mean? But right. I do think that it is the elder statesmen's responsibility to embrace those who want to be embraced. And, okay. and there's so much that you can impart to the new entertainers who really want to do it. And when they don't want to do it and they resist it, they don't want to be, they don't want to be entertainers. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Um, appreciate those responses. Um, and I hope all of you newcomers and just entertainers, period, um, out there that are still, you know, trying to get your title or your, you know, your brand going, that you have listened to those words from Danny um, Damani as well as Nikki because, I mean, it's, it's just the truth. And myself because I am bored. Um Next, uh, just, just a little icebreaker before we kind of get back into um, some things. Uh, and it goes, you know, uh, of course, anybody could start out. I'll, I'll say Danny can start and then Vicky and then Damani. Um, just a little quick question. What entertainer you feel should have been crowned a Miss dot, 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 dot? So, again, what entertainer you feel should have been crowned a Miss dot, 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 dot? I'll start out so you kind of know what I'm saying. Um, I feel, in the, um, and I'll take Continental, um, I think that Miss Sasha Valentino should have been crowned. Miss um, Continental, um, maybe, I, I'll say twice over. Some people probably say more than that. But um, that was just, that's just one entertainer that I feel should have been and, and I would have loved to see um, crowned Miss Continental. So who's next? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Micah, I will say... Um, Sheena Divine Hawkins should have been crowned a Miss Black Universe already. Okay. Um, there is one particular year that I do think she won. Mm. Um, you, do, do you care to share? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I'm not, <laughs> again, I'm not getting in that one. Hey, the money did not say nothing. <laughs> look at the tape. Just get the tape. Just look at the tape. Okay. Okay. Yeah, look at the tape. Okay. Um, I don't want to say it because I don't want to hurt any future chances of her ever being that. So, not a problem. Not a problem. But I do think, you know, that she should have already won it at the very minimum one time already. Okay. And I think she's been a great representative because she has a hunger for that title that I believe has is almost unmatched in 
you know, for the people that's competing for that title. Okay. Are we speaking? Okay, when, when, the, the question that's being asked of us is um, somebody we would love to see or somebody no, we feel somebody that we feel should have, have already been crowned Miss So and So. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'm probably going to steal this one from JP. In, in our opinion. In our opinion. Yeah, in our opinion. Yeah, in our opinion. Yeah, the scores are the scores, and in our opinion. I got you. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm, I'm going to take this one. It's probably something that's really close to Vicky, but it's something a friend of mine who um, I feel should have already won a pageant, and that particular individual is Camille Simpson. Um, I feel she should have been Miss EOI um, at least twice. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The year that I went because I was very impressed with her, but um, I really feel that um, she had been shafted a few years. But that's not to say, and I, I, I want to say this because Michael, we're saying this, and then we just talked about the newcomers, and this is why they get that frame of mind. If you're le- allowing judges to judge you, if you enter the contest and you know who's judging you, know that you are in fact respecting their opinions as well as the owners. So just because we're stating who somebody that we feel should have won does not mean that we do not side with the judges because again, the scores are the scores. Exactly. But Camille, <laughs> yeah, okay. people always say, you know, well, yeah, I gotta make sure I say that because they'll say, well, no, you said no. I'm telling you now, if you uh, if you do the contest and you know who the judges are, then you are now respecting the fact that these five people or seven people are qualified to judge you. Okay, and Vicky. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, I I guess I'm going to go to um, Continental Plus okay. for two different people. And, and and I do know that one of our topics is the scores of the scores, and I, of course I can't wait to talk about that. However, um, watching a pageant, I did see two Miss Continental Plus win the contest, and because of a small, uh, and I say small because when someone else did it, it was not as you know what I mean. It wasn't even considered. Right. And I do think that Kitty. I do think that. Ivy White and mm-hmm. Kitty Litter should be former Continental Plus. And I say that because I sat and I watched the pageants and I watched them consistently without bias or any of that. And one of the uh, one of the things that I do stand upon is because the people that they crowned over them clearly, clearly did not win the contest, in my opinion. Okay. Because I, and I won't call any names, but those mm-hmm. years, I felt, I felt that they 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 should be formless. And then their challenge is each time they go back, they can't outdo themselves anymore. Right, because they've already won. Right. Whatever it took for them to win the year that they won, it's hard to come back and outdo it. What you did mm-hmm. before. Because all of your energy was there, and guess what? Your energy was put into the universe, and you did it. But a technicality, yes, a technicality kept you from that opportunity. So running again and again, you lose energy. And if it does happen, I mean, if it's for you, it will happen. But I do believe those two. In my opinion. All right. So we got Sasha B for Continental. We got Sheena Devine Hawkins for NDU. We have Ivy White and Kitty Litter for Continental Plus, and Camille Simpson for EOY. All right. Well, Gal, they haven't won yet, um, with the exception of you know I the party Miss Sasha Valentino. Um, so hey, the other one, y'all still got a chance, baby. Y'all still have a chance. Okay. So let's go ahead and get back into it. Enough is enough. With so many newcomer pageants out there, 
which seems to surpass in numbers regional and national competition? When should a newcomer rise to the occasion and move on to the next level of competition? And I'll let uh, Damani speak first, Danny, and then Vicky. You would call me when I'm chewing. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I'm greedy and I have to eat. Um, yes. This is a touchy subject for me, again. Um, that's why I said when I read your topics, I was glad that you included me in this because these are all topics that I talk about on a consistent basis. Um, when people tell a newcomer that enough is enough, I'm kind of on the fence about it because I have a lot of newcomers in my family, and a lot of people tell me, yes, you do. oh, you should move up. <laughs> and, it, and in my opinion, Vicky, <laughs> I, I don't yes. want them to rush. <laughs> I don't want them to rush because you have to think life is like school. There's kinder care, there's kindergarten, grade school, middle school, then high school, and then ultimately graduation in college. And I think this drag career should be the same. And when you come out of your mother's womb, i.e. when you are birthed into this lifestyle of doing pageantry, you can't come out the womb walking. You can't come out the womb driving. So I think that they should crawl and they should take what so many people feel like, oh, now you have it. And, yes, we have those kids that were in our classes that had been advanced, you know, past certain grades because they were advanced students. You have those exceptions. They are rare. But Mm -hmm. so many people tell the newcomers, it's time for you to move up. And in my heart of hearts, I always tell people, until you feel like you're ready, until you know that you can stand on that stage and you can stand next to these people, do not move up. Now, like I said, I'm on the fence about it because there are those that can do it and that are scared Correct. to move up because now they're scared of losing because they won so much or they're winning so much on the newcomer level. It's like now that I go to this next level, i got to start all over again. Well, you, necess- you don't necessarily have to start all over again because as a newcomer, you did make somewhat of a name for yourself. So if you made a good name, that reputation already precedes you, and they're already looking for you to come up and be the new and the hottest best thing. So you don't have to be so scared to move up. But I don't think that you should move up prematurely or because your friends. Never let your friends tell you because your friends are always going to push you, and they're going to always be going to read you. They're going to always be saying, well, girl, I don't know why she did so-and-so. Oh, because you told her. Oh, and I told yeah. her this. But, no, I sat I over here, and I heard you tell her to go ahead and do it because so many people aren't true to their friends. And I know that's sad to say. So many people these days, especially these days, it's so competitive that they're not true to their friends. So mm-hmm. more like this, and you know, I, I'll get long-winded on all your topics tonight, baby, because I'm really <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a lot to fill in all this. I live. Um, to me, <clears throat> I, I, I have two opinions about it as well. One, I do believe there is a time when you should say enough is enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Damani said that there are levels to it, like kindergarten, you know, first things like that. But the problem is you have some of these pattern promoters who should be teachers, and they're not doing that. They just use these little newcomers as a way to make money. Mm-hmm. And these newcomers mm-hmm. are not being groomed in the proper way. So they go out, they win 10, 15 newcomer titles, but they're still no better than the first time they ever competed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but then on the flip side, I wish newcomer patents never were created. The back in the mm-hmm. days when you had Maya Douglas, Tommy Ross, and all them starting, there were no newcomer pageants. And they're, they're, the reason they're so great today is because they competed against each other. They competed against the best. Money, a lot of these people, like you said, they're scared to move up because they've been competing against, I don't want to say nobodies, but they, weren't, they didn't have any real competition when they were winning. Correct. Mm-hmm. So now they're scared to move up because 
you know, they don't think they're going to win because it was a, a cakewalk for them. So that's, you know, that's I make the okay. most out of your, your one or two newcomer reigns and step it up. If you make the most out of your reign, and even if your promoter isn't teaching you, seek out elders in the, you know, in the art form that will take you under their wing. Trust me, there's many out there that want to help these newcomers. Okay. Not anymore. <laughs> well, we have a different. I'm telling you, after you get burned so much, then it kind of gets hard because after they continuously slam the door in your face and you're telling them, "I've made my name. I'm trying to help you," they're not looking at it like that. So right. it's, it's always kind of hard. And so a lot of the veterans are now getting to a point to where they're shutting down because when you offer that help, they're looking at you like, "Well, child, you old." Like Vicky was saying earlier, "You're old. You watch that work for you." So no, listen, but that's another subject for another day, Michael. Write that down. Because uh-huh. um, I wanted to interject before, before Vicky um, starts, I want to just interject because, Jemima, what you just said in regards to um, what Danny, you know, saying, reaching out, there's people that want to help you, and you saying, well, no, they're not. Um, but I do think that sometimes they may not need to reach out to an entertainer for the most part or a former Mr. or Miss That. Um, there are people such as myself who I've been around. I haven't been around Patrick that long, 13 years, but – now 14, going on 14, but I've been around. You know, I, I, was the, I was the person that I started from the bottom, you know what I'm saying, backstaging and all this kind of stuff, then going to a preliminary promoter from there, a director, all that kind of stuff. So for me, I'm, I'm a person that I'm willing to take on, not everybody, you know what I'm saying, but I'm willing to help those and to kind of, you know, lend that advice or, or what I know from what I've learned from my mother and, and countless others, even you, Damani, that, you know, just kind of give them that, that advice and kind of help steer them in the right direction. Because for me, I see a lot of newcomers that have a lot of potential, a lot of potential, but they're limiting themselves because they're, as you guys stated, just staying at these little newcomer levels and doing these mom and pop around the corner newcomer titles or whatever, but you're spending as much money almost sometimes on a garment that a girl that's walking the U.S. of A stage or the Continental stage or Black Universe of Black America. So it's like, well, why not? Because you're limiting yourself. That's just my opinion. So I think that there are people out there, other than entertainers, that are willing to help invest or just help steer you in the right direction. But, again, newcomers, you have to be able be willing to take that step, you know, and no one should no one should push you. I definitely don't believe anyone should just push you out there, but there comes a time if you're investing your time, your money, and all this energy into a pageant, I think at, at some point the, the light bulb should go off and say, hey, you know what? I am now better than this. I have now, I've, I've done what I could do on this level. Now let me challenge myself, you know. So that's just my piece. So go ahead. Michael, uh, I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to cut you off. What? I want to ask you a question. Yes. Now, once you push them out there, and just because they are monetarily able to support themselves in the pageant, what happens mm-hmm. to their maturity when it comes to reigning? Because a lot of times they can win the pageant. Mm-hmm. Because they have the same amount of money to spend to get ready as we do, you know, on the, on the national level, on a bigger national level, but they mm-hmm. don't have the mentality to do the reign. So what happens mm-hmm. then? Well, from I mean, I can only speak from if I'm helping someone and I'm helping quite a few. Um, it's just a conversation that that needs to be had with you. If I'm sitting here and I'm trying to help stir a, a newcomer or entertainer into regional pageantry or national pageantry, whatever the case may be, it's a conversation that, that we would actually have. And, again, I have conversations with a lot of them, you know, and kind of, you know, let them know, you know, I've been studying you, I, I see what you, you know, the potential that you have, this and the other, but I, but it doesn't stop there, Damani. For me, it's not going to stop there. 
So it also matters on who you reach out to to help you as well. Because I'm a person where I may start, but I also want to finish with you as well. I want to see that growth along the way. So for me, I'm going to continue to be the person that will help you along your reign, help you, you know, because I've been around all of you, so I know what it entails or whatever, you know. So, I mean, for me, that's just I'm just going to keep going along with them, you know, riding the horse along with them to help groom them so they are that national entertainer or they are that national title holder. Yeah. Well, in, um, I just do allow me to say that there's two type of people in the world that I love, and uh, that is the bold and the beautiful. And I let me allow me to say this: y'all statements are so full of nourishment, and I do hope that all of this falls on the ears of those people that need to hear it. Danny, mm-hmm. I particularly uh, agree with what you said, and I totally have to acknowledge that. When you were bold enough to say, I personally believe we shouldn't even have newcomer panther. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a bold person to say that, and then you'll have some people that will disagree with you, but I agree with you as well. It has become, it was, a, it was a great idea to mentor. It was a great idea to give opportunities, but it has evolved into only a money-making mm-hmm. venture. That's all it is now. And in my opinion, enough is enough when you decide that you want to mature. And, Damani, you said when you said maturity, that was a beautiful thing because it's an individual decision for you to mature. Because my thing is this, you know, it is cliche to say if you want to be the best, you have to compete with the best. Well, no, that's not true because the best ain't always competing. Who is the best? You have to tell yourself, I'm the best without arrogance, but know that you can be better than your last effort. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly believe enough is enough when you decide that I'm going to be mature. When you decide in high school, when I leave high school, I'm going to college, that's a mature decision because you're leaving everything that you knew, all the free riding, you had food, you had shelter, and you had to pay a dime for it. But when you decide that you... When you decide that you're going to go out on your own, then you, the wherewithal is coming from you. So I believe enough is enough when you decide that you want to be mature. Now, if you want to be babied all the time and you want to have newcomer attached to every title you have and you got six and seven of them on your truck, I'm not impressed. Because where's the maturity if you was newcomer in 2011 and you still newcomer in 14? I do mm. that. I do too. <laughs> That's when enough is enough. Enough is enough when you don't want to mature. That's my opinion. All right. Well, thank you so very much um, on you guys' opinion. That was a great one. I hope, again, you guys are listening. Um, qualification. Um, you know, having judge pageants, um, and, and, and I can say uh, Danny and myself, we can definitely um, chime in on this. But, I, of course, I would love Damani and Vicky's um, response as well. But, you know, having judge pageants, specifically black-owned pageants, um, people and or contestants feel the need to question your qualifications. Not saying that they don't have the right, but they do, okay, when judging a competition. An example, you've never done a show, a pageant, or one for that matter, so what makes you qualified? So, uh Danny can speak on it, then I will, and then um, Vicky and Damani. I mean, like, what are your thoughts on, 
you know, that topic in regards to qualifications and, and people saying that, you know, certain individuals are not necessarily qualified to um, to judge a pageant if they haven't been on stage or have been a title well, holder or whatever. Can I, can, I say, can, I say, can I say this real quick, and this is my quick answer to it. Oh, is it? How quick is it? <laughs> if, 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 if I'm paying to come see entertainment, mm-hmm. then I'm qualified. Whether my opinion is what you think it should be or not, it's still my opinion because mm-hmm. I want to see the best and not mess. That's how okay. I feel. Because All right. Think is this, what, 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 what does qualification come in? I mean, right. don't question it. When you question my qualification, you're questioning your own ability. Well, <laughs> you are right there. Because you can impress me if you want to. It's yeah. just like going to a job interview. You don't know who's going to interview you because human resources calls you for, you know, because they went through the application, but you're going to interview with the boss because they're mm-hmm. going to pay you. And you're not mm-hmm. going to tell human resources that you You're not going to question No, because you want this job. So you're not going to question him because you want this job. Uh, I think that what, what, people, what, what people get confused, and I, I know y'all folks have been talking, and Vicky has started, and now I started, but I think they're more concerned with credentials more so than qualifications, and that's probably what, the way they should start wording it. <clears throat> what are your credentials? What have you done that I don't know about, you know, but to put you in this chair? Because when they say qualifications and they come at you guys in such a harsh manner, it's like, perceived as negative because they they come into you in a derogative way. It's like, well, what's your qualification? Because it's always after the contest that they actually switch. They never ask. Let me ask ask this to Bonnie. Do you have to be, do you have to sing like Whitney Houston to know what good singing is? (laughs) No. No, no, no. no. I told told you I love two two, two sets of people, the bold and the beautiful. Sickening, Danny. That was bold and beautiful. Yeah, that that was. And no, I'm not. not, What I'm telling you is, is what, what I get when I have my seminars. That's how I'm able to answer that question from the things that they say to me. But, no, I totally agree with you guys. I totally mm-hmm. agree because, honestly, what I tell them in the seminar, if you want to break down a judge's panel, um, I would say 85% of the people that are selected to judge aren't qualified according to what you guys say. Because, mm-hmm. it, for me, a qualified judge, if you're looking for qualifications, should be diverse in culture, should be mm-hmm. diverse in arts, should know more than language, you know, all of that. Because if I come up and I start speaking yeah. Japanese, you as a judge, should be, and, I, and I even take myself out of it, I'm not even totally qualified according to what I say a qualification should be for what you guys are saying the standards are. Well, I guess the reason that, why you know why this topic is probably near to me and Mike is because we get questioned all the time. Because I know. You know, we're not quote-unquote entertainers. <laughs> well, I, I would say. Mike, hold on. But one thing Mike <laughs> okay. and I do have that a lot of, you know, that is lacking a lot is Mike and I have a passion for this art form. Mm-hmm. And that's all it takes. Exactly. If one of you want to know my qualifications, you say my passion. <laughs> but and, and a lot of people who are judging, a lot of people who are one passion don't have a passion that, that don't have the passion that you guys exactly. have. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And then here's the thing, here's the person that's selecting the judges, then you have to you have to use your own interpretation of what your passion is and let it replicate on your panel. So you know, why she ain't asked me to judge? Because I don't feel your passion. Not the way I do. And this is my and passion. Because I don't think you're gonna be fair And then Okay. Well, Vicky, yeah, I told you these topics are really good, but go ahead. To, to talk about what, I mean, to kind of touch on what you said in regards to who's qualified, you say anybody that comes and pays to see entertainment. Um, I get that, but then at the same token, not everyone, for me, I pay, I pay attention to detail. 
really, really well. I mean, even in my day-to-day career, that's, I mean, I, I get paid to do that, you know. Um, so I think that is my, one of my strongest too. The next, and I would say the next bitch comes behind me paying her $50 or $25 may not be that girl that can sit there and yeah. take it to detail and dissect yeah. and know what is right and what is wrong. You know, I mean, it's evident. But, like, but that's, but that's the thing. I mean, I understand, I understand the pain. I understand, like, the pain customer wants to see a good product. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I get that. But, again, your passion is what's evident to me. Mm-hmm. And see, that's why I, whenever, and, you know, like, from Missouri State, Demani's been there. I have a panel. Honey, I have a jury box. Baby, I have the largest panel in the history of pageantry. <laughs> I have 10 to 12 judges on I've the panel. Invited. Before. Indeed. And here's my thing. And the reason why I do that because no one person holds your destiny in your in their in their hand. Mm-hmm. It's a collaborative effort because there's so many eyes on you. Like like Micah, you, you detail this person on something else, this person but collectively you'll mm-hmm. get your best you'll get your best cumulative average of how well this person is gonna be. And I've I've got a person that's on my judging panel who is relentless in socking it to the children. I mean, socking <laughs> We have a question. And he, and he thought I was going to take him off the panel. He's been on the panel since the pageant existed. I'm never going to remove him. Because but you know what, y'all? Let's, is, let's keep one thing honest and real here, too. You have two people who complain about qualifications. A, that's the person who's jealous that they never got asked to judge a pageant. And you have the person who's sore because they didn't win the pageant. Those are the ones. The bold and the beautiful. Do you hear me? Correct. The bold and the beautiful. I live. That's why I said what I said, Danny. It's always those people that question y'all after they don't win. That's when they're in the back saying, and who is so and so? And why they judge me? Because when we sat in registration and you asked me who the judges were and I named them, you paid mm-hmm. your entry fee, and you still decided you wanted to do this pageant. Exactly. So that meant, again, that but you respected the owner's decision. Tell everybody, oh, he's a fair judge. You need to, yeah, run. He's doing it. He's judging. Yeah, you need to run. If she would have won, that, that's what would have been said. And, and see, I'm going to from, from, from that, I'm, I'm sorry, I will, I'm, I'm going to cut that part <laughs> and go on to the next. Wait a minute. I do have one more thing to say, Michael. Hold on. One more, real quick, real okay, quick. Okay, Damani, and, and for people that. On. To the next part I'm about. Okay. Well, be- people that are listening, and I'm sure you guys have heard, but you're going to hear from the three of us now, just because so-and-so won Miss, 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 and I'm saying that as if they won multiple Miss titles on a national level, I've seen girls that are put together by other people, and they just put them on the stage like a doll. So that does not mean that they're qualified to judge you, but you won't question them, but you'll question people like Micah and Danny, who actually are patrons of the art, who said out and studied the art. And I know many of people who are like the two of them who just study the art. And once they study, like going to school, once you study, you master. Yes. So that's yes, right. And so they, they are qualified to judge just so you guys know. But go ahead, Micah. Well, <laughs> and, well, and, well, the, and, the, and the passion, the passion is what I'm pleased with. Passion is pleased and, and, and Damani, what, what you tell them is, um, well, if you go to Black Universe or you go to uh, Black America or what about Continental or U.S. of A? Look at those judges and ask them the same You don't thing. know them? No, <laughs> don't know them at all. You know, because when I went to EOY that year, baby, I went to EOY, and all I saw was a bunch of white-haired white people, and I was like, I don't know none of these people. I felt like I was at the Maury Povich and the Sellers at the Raphael show. So I don't understand. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you you gotta just roll with the flow. Stop questioning. Mm-hmm. 
Now, um, it, it, because my thing is, if, if you have the question of the judges' panel, then you're questioning your package. Exactly. I ain't questioning nobody. Once I hear a registration who's competing, okay, great, great, great. As long as they're going to score me accordingly, I'm good. Now now they need to judge this package I'm going to present later on tonight. That's well, just that. Yes. Micah, you and I had a conversation about this before, and what is it that you said about most judges in the in the pageants that you just named? Most of them are business owners. Business owners, entrepreneurs. <laughs> they they own they, they um they're managed, regional managers of Tiffany and Colwyn. You know, they own this flower shop across the street and all that kind of, kind of stuff. And I don't know about that, but I'd rather be judged by someone like that than somebody sleeping on somebody's floor. <laughs> and there you have it. So now the next topic. <laughs> the next topic is. The scores are the scores, and I'm going to say, you know, it could be a broader um, topic, and we're probably going to talk a little bit more about this one. So I'm just going to say, in, in the event that for some reason we're cut off, you guys just hang on the line, and we'll, you know, get back to it. Um, but the scores are the scores. What are your thoughts? Well, I'll open it up. We, I had a conversation. I just recently went to New Orleans, Louisiana, and I judged a competition. And a lovely competition down in the South. I love them so dearly. Um, and uh, the next night I had a conversation uh-huh. with Huh? Hello? I was plug. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I had a um the next night I had a lovely co- uh, a lovely conversation with uh two of the plus two of the former plus girls um two of the uh, regular Miss um, queens and the promoter and uh, we were talking about the score sheets and, and things of that nature. I don't have a problem with score sheets, baby. I write what I write. All right. But what are your thoughts on promoters? Giving out the score sheet shortly after competition. Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? You know, you can give me some pros and some cons, um, and we'll Ooh. just work from there. And we'll just work from there. Now, let me start first because y'all, y'all are some talkers. What I, I, I'll say, <laughs> I will say that um, it's perfectly fine if a promoter were to give out score sheets after the competition. Um, you know, down the south, they give us a um, They give out uh, score sheets um, right after. I know that U.S. of A. does as well. Um, those are the two that stick out in in my head. So it's perfectly fine. The only issue that I have is is, is when contestants um, are emotionally charged because they have not won the competition or whatever the case may be. Now they have some type of vendetta against the judge or the judges or or whatever the case may be. I think personally that um, maybe a day or two, I don't know, sometimes because you can get a contestant that, and this is why I judge the way that I judge, because sometimes contestants, they'll look at that score sheet and all they see is negative. That's the only thing that bleeds, you know, that, that's the only thing that they see. They see all the negative. You didn't have this, that, and up, blah, blah, blah. So they mostly charge. They're just, you know, ranting now and raving their friends these score sheets, and now it's a big mess. You know, for me and any contestant I've ever judged can attest to it, I always, and I'm just saying for me, even like when it comes down to being interviewed for a corporate position, when I when I ask or they ask me do I would I like constructive uh, criticism or feedback or whatever the case may be, I welcome it, you know. And any type of uh, feedback that I've ever gotten in an interview, they've always given me the, the the plus and the minuses, the negative and the positive, or whatever the case may be, you know. And that's how I judge. I'm going to give you the positive. And it's not necessarily called fluff. It's what I, I I want to praise you for what you're doing. I want to give you your accolades for what you're doing right. But I also want to tell you what you're doing wrong or could be corrected. And I think that as a contestant, when you look at that, it's a little bit more easy on the eye 
to see that versus a whole bunch of uh, score sheet full of negatives. So um, that's just that's just my take. I don't I don't care if you if if a, if a promoter does or does not. Um, but sometimes it kind of really depends on the competition because you know of who you got. Some people are not as professional. I put it that way. So whoever wants to it's my opinion that as a judge, you're supposed to look for what's right first. I have a problem with judges who prestigiously sit on panels just to find out what's wrong. Uh Because most of what you see on stage is right, in my opinion. So in my opinion as a judge, I look for what's right first, and I celebrate what's right Right. so that that can get even better. Because nine times out of ten, a competitor knows their flaws before Hello? they even get a score sheet. And that's the, and see, an intelligent competitor, and there goes the maturity, because I believe that anything that you involve yourself in that you spend your money on, you have some level of maturity on how to manage it. See, a lot of that is a lot of that is. Uh, is uh, friend friend based because they've embarrassed themselves in front of the child. You're going to be sick, and then when you don't win, then you feel that you've let your friends out. So you have to act out to cover the truth. Because mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, if if it was a hole in your dress and you tried to hide it, and the judge got it, and you get a finger, get out of my face, honey. You knew that hole was there before you hey. came out. I wasn't supposed to see it. Oh, no, that happened yeah, several yeah. times. So they say, well, no, you, I, I knew it was too short, but I was hiding it. Oh, but I saw it, so I'm sorry. But you knew but it. You can't so get what mad about it. What are you having this conversation, you, you conversation with me? Oh, for? no, they, 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 they will do it. Um, oh. The, 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 the <laughs> thing that I have a problem with when it comes to um, that aspect, um, Michael, of giving out the score sheets, is that um, – when you give them out, well, first of all, I don't want for them to give them out um, on stage. That's, that's just a personal thing. I just want to throw that in there. Um, but once they give them out and the, the score sheets go to the back, you know what happens? Have you ever been in the back when score sheets are given out, Michael? Um, Has anybody on the phone ever been in the back? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly what yeah. Let me yeah. tell you exactly what happens. The contestant walks off and their friend snatches the score sheets. <laughs> Well, that concludes our first part of Pantry Chat. I know it got juicy, didn't it? I know, I know, but I had to cut it short, guys, for various reasons that I will not let you know. (laughs) But no, we had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful show with Vicki Valentino, Damani Hart Dickerson, and Danny Lord. Um, Due to testicle difficulties and technical difficulties, I couldn't give you the second part, but it's all a learning process, um, a growing process with this podcast show. You learn something new every day, uh, and you get fed up with certain things, and I'm fed up with certain things, and now it's time for me to move on to a different podcast uh, show. Well, not necessarily show, but um, the people who are behind the podcast show that I have here um, I'm, I have a few choice words with them, okay? But um, I'll handle that on the business side of things. 
But I had a wonderful, 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 wonderful time chatting it up with Vicky Valentino and Damani Hart Dickinson as well as Danny Lord. And we will continue the pageantry chat, okay? So you got like an hour or so of good conversation and, you know, uh, good dialogue and discussion. And we talked about a lot of things. Uh, we will talk about some more things as well, okay? So we are not done. I Trust me, we are not done. Thank you so very much. Once again, as you hear in the background, Native New Yorker by Odyssey. Um, that's another evening gown music. So if you, if you kind of caught wind or noticed that in the very beginning, we played, uh, what, what, what do we play? What do we play in the very beginning? Um, Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds Are Forever. Very uh, pageant, you know, how you guys like to do Diamonds Are Forever and all that kind of stuff for your talents and all that kind of stuff, right? Then we went to, um, I believe it was Way You, right? Way You by Shantae Moore. Um, that's evening gown music. And then we went to I Want You by Diana Ross. Okay, I Want You by Diana Ross. That's another evening gown music. And then we went to Native New Yorker by Yossi. Um, And that's one that the West likes to put on um, on the, the Black Universe DVDs for the formal wear and gown category. Those are in relation to pageantry, okay? Our relation to pageantry. Again, if you have any topics um, that you would like for us to discuss, any um, questions or anything that you would like for us to talk about, you can always go to the Talk with Mike and Friends Facebook page. You can inbox me if you are a personal friend of mine on Facebook, Micah Fitz Lord, or you may also um, message me also on the Talk with Mike and Friends Facebook page. Excuse me, I'm sorry. You can email me. That's what I wanted to get to. You, want, you can email me to uh, the Talk with Micah at gmail.com, the talk with Micah at gmail.com, and, you know, let me know what you would like for us to talk about, what topics, what, you know, what interests you, and we can put it out there. Also, if you have any announcements um, that you would like for us to talk about that's going on in your community, whether it's a pageant, whether it's a blood drive, whether it's um, HIV, AIDS awareness walks, or um, anything. Um, it doesn't have to be just that. Forums, symposiums, um, brunch at the park, whatever you guys got going, um, going on, uh, you got a a challenge like the mining had a challenge, um, change for change, let us know and we'll definitely put it out there, okay? Because we want our community to be very active and very involved. All right? And just to end it really quickly, of course, you guys know I always have to do my um, quote of the week. My quote of the week. And I'm going to get to it in just one second. You know, I have all these gadgets and things over here um, that I'm playing with and trying to get to get an understanding of. Okay, I have it. All right. All right, all right, all right. The daily slash weekly <laughs> inspiration slash quote is give without remembering and always receive without forgetting. Again, give without remembering and always receive without forgetting. Okay? And just before we go, I have to, I have to, pay um, a little tribute and an homage to some young ladies who um, who are now no longer with us. They passed away in 2013, but we have to give, um, we have to give some, some type of tribute or pay tribute to these ladies, okay? All right. The first young lady that I would like to pay tribute to, she is, she passed away in March, um, in March of 2013, and that is Miss Erica Andrews, she's a former Georgia 
excuse me, I'm sorry, she's a former gay US of A, a former Miss Continental, a former Miss National Entertainer of the Year, and a former Miss International Queen. All right. We also have, she passed away in April of 2013. That was Ms. Ashley Cruz. She was a former Miss Gay Georgia U.S. of A, a former Miss Georgia Continental, a former Miss Hotlanta International, a former Miss Renaissance, and a former Miss National. All right. And last but certainly not least, the eyes of Texas, Miss Whitney Page. She was a former Miss U.S. of A at large, a former Miss U.S. of A Classique, a former Miss All-American Goddess at large, and a former Miss Continental Plus. All of these ladies were legendary divas who had legendary acts and were um, just phenomenal women, phenomenal women in the art form of female impersonation. And we praise and thank them for what they've left us with. You can go to um, YouTube. Um, that's, I think that's the quickest thing you can do. Go to YouTube, Google, or put in or search for Whitney Page or um, Erica Andrews or Ashley Cruz, and you will find out many different videos that these ladies, um, you know, were a part of, you know, contests, um, just them entertaining, backstage conversations, funny, you know, all that good stuff, outtakes, all that good stuff. So we just, again, want to pay tribute to those ladies, thank them for being a part of all of our lives in pageantry and what they exemplified, and thank them for putting a handprint on pageantry as it is, okay? Well, thank you so very much for being a part of the Talk with Mike and Friends. Again, thank you to my guests who are Danny Lord, Damani Hart Dickinson, Miss Vicky Valentino. Trust me, there is a part two that we will get to very shortly. Okay? Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. And I'll see you next week with the Talk with Micah and Friends.